Welcome to Women on the Line, a community radio national feminist current affairs program featuring the voices of women and gender diverse people, produced at 3CR Community Radio in Nam, Melbourne, and broadcast on the Community Radio Network. I'm Emma Hart. We just need people to care, to care about Indigenous women, that we belong to the category of human, and that we are worth fighting for, we're worth caring for. Um, we know that we are. But right now, this, this, this nation is showing itself in the most uh, disappointing of ways. Women on the Line acknowledges that this program is produced and presented on the land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations and that their sovereignty was never ceded. We acknowledge their elders past and present, as well as the traditional owners of the land on which you're hearing us from. This week on the program, we'll hear an interview with Dr. Chelsea Wadigo about the silence surrounding the ongoing Senate inquiry into missing and murdered Indigenous women. Then, later in the show, we'll hear speeches from Amal Leotolu and Sally Goldner at NAM Melbourne's Trans Day of Visibility Rally on Friday, March 31st. To begin, this is 3CR broadcaster Grace Chan speaking with Dr. Chelsea Wadigo about the Senate inquiry. Before I go further, uh, please note this upcoming segment discusses stories of violence and murder against Indigenous women. If this isn't your cup of tea right now, you may wish to tune out for the next 15 minutes or choose to listen back to the podcast at the time of your choosing. So please uh, take care. So now I'll be speaking to Mununjali and South Sea Islander women, Chelsea Wadago. Professor of Indigenous Health and Executive Director of Karima Institute at Queensland University of Technology. Regarding the Senate inquiry into missing and murdered Indigenous women put out last year. Uh, Good morning, Chelsea. Good morning, Grace. Good morning. So to start, uh, could we just first get to know about what has happened with this inquiry? How did it start, basically? Yeah, look, I haven't been involved um, directly in the inquiry itself. Um, I have been involved in providing an expert report with my colleagues around um, a coronal inquest into a murdered Aboriginal woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's from that work uh, that we made a submission to the inquiry, um, which uh, was announced last year, um, mm-hmm. but for some strange reason has been met with uh, so much silence. Mm. I see. And oh, what what is usually meant to happen when an inquiry is is established? Well, I mean, you would think it would bring attention um, uh, uh, to an issue of significance, um, you know, involving public consultation and exposure. And what we found through this process is there is a, a, a lack of media attention to the inquiry itself. It is difficult to find out when public hearings are being held. Um, as someone who has made a submission to the inquiry, we have been chasing up, following up to see if there are hearings in here in the state of Queensland. Um, and it, it, it just lies in stark contrast to other um, inquiries, Senate inquiries. We've had a recent uh, Queensland government inquiry into police responses to uh, family violence, which you know, generated hundreds of media publications mm-hmm. about police misogyny and racism. Yet we find just 14 news reports relating to this uh, Senate inquiry um, and and very little attention. And I guess our argument is is that this response um, to the, the current Senate inquiry lies at the heart of a problem of missing and murdered Indigenous women in that people don't care 
and there is a silence um, that surrounds violence against Indigenous women mm. um, that creates this culture of impunity that subjects um, us to such high rates of violence in the first place. Mm, I see. And then um, with with the submission to the inquiry that uh, that was made, uh, what was this inquiry about? What, basically, yeah, what was it? So the Senate inquiry was set up to examine um, the issue of missing and murdered Indigenous women. And in yep. Canada, there has uh, been an inquiry undertaken that was far more substantial than what, what we're, what's happening here. Um, but the current Senate inquiry has borrowed some of the terms of reference from that Canadian inquiry, um, but has not engaged in the same methodology. And it's really been quite confusing. Um, and, and I, and I have to say disappointing. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the lack of response, lack of interest mirrors, um, the response from coronal inquests into missing and murdered Aboriginal women. It mirrors the police response when loved ones report, um, uh, Indigenous women missing. Um, there's just inaction. Um, mm. yep, definitely. And, um, so when this inquiry was submitted and then after that, uh, this obviously highlights that missing and murdered Indigenous women, girls, and giant diverse people. Um, uh, it, it is meant to say that they're actually never just simply missing. They did not just vanish from their homes, families, and country. They actually um, are violently disappeared. So, uh, what c- could you elaborate on? What what did you mean by that? What was the other? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I want to acknowledge the work of Amy McGuire, whose yeah. PhD research has has, has looked at this specifically. Um, what our argument is, is that, um, Indigenous women are not missing, they are murdered. Mm-hmm. And those that sit in the category of missing, <clears throat> we're finding a pattern, um, where they, uh, are deemed missing because there is a missing white perpetrator. Mm-hmm. So this nation is interested in violence against Indigenous women when there is the black male perpetrator. Um, and, when there are um, white male perpetrators, uh, we note that the police are inactive um, and don't follow through. We note that the uh, media attention also um, mirrors the response of police. Um, and, and this is the way in which Indigenous women's bodies are politicised and brutalised in all kinds of sort of ways, um, that the violence that we are subject to um uh, the only interest in that is when it's um, at the hands of black men and not from strangers on the street or the hands of the state. Mm. And we're trying to break that silence because these women just did not vanish into thin air. Yep. And then because of all this inaction that's happening, there's obviously there's been just really rarely any accountability for the violence against Indigenous women. Why, why, why do you think they've been... Yeah, being framed this way, why was why this silence against this violence? Well, what we found in um, one of the investigations that we were commissioned to undertake, yeah. um, we found that the police attached um, uh, a sense of criminality to Indigenous uh, uh, female victims, even though it had nothing to do with the violence that they suffered. And so we're always being somehow complicit in the violence that we experience. Um, and um, even in the police reporting around um, 
uh, missing and murdered uh, women. We found no category on the police report for um, violence that happens uh, against women from strangers on the street. And in this place, um, Indigenous women in public spaces are subjected to all forms of violence. But it seems there is an imbalance uh, around the attention here in that there's only an interest in that in the domestic sphere. Um, yet we know, and there have been numerous cases where Indigenous women have been subject to violence um, from those that they're not in a relationship with. And we need to we need to um, do more in understanding that. And it traces itself back to the frontier days where Indigenous women were subject to all kinds of physical and sexual violence and there was never any accountability for that. Mm, yep, definitely. And then, uh, yeah, because of all these things, of, the, of all these inactions, Indigenous women continue to suffer from the violence and possibly un, un, um, unpublicised uh, attention towards the things that are happening towards them. And we've seen, like, you know, some of the, the persons of interest mm. uh, lay claim to the fact that apparently Indigenous women just go walk about and just disappear. And that's not mm. true. And we've got countless cases of Indigenous families pleading with the police to investigate their disappearance mm. um, and and being met with um, silence and inaction. And so the police also need to be held accountable for not doing their job in protecting and investigating the violence that Indigenous women experience. And, you know, sadly, the police themselves are perpetrators of violence against Indigenous women at record rate. Mm, yeah. And then, and obviously, this this isn't just also about um, the attention that needs to be brought upon from the media, but also pe- uh, feminists and people who are advocating for women's rights. There's just just there's just not much being talked about from from them, even though there's at least three hundred fifteen Aboriginal women that have been murdered. Yeah, there's where, where's all those rallies and all the advocacy for this for all these I mean- Ab- Aboriginal women. Yeah, I mean, even just a few weeks ago, seeing Senator Lydia Thorpe being thrown to the ground by the police. Mm. Um, the lack of care yeah. for her. Um, you know, this is all on a spectrum, this indifference to the violence that Indigenous women experience. And, you know, um, <clears throat> that violence was so public, so visible. We all saw it from various angles. Yet there was very little care and concern her as an Indigenous woman. Um, and this is the, the exact thing that we're speaking about and drawing attention to. Mm, definitely. And so, yeah, I, now that just all comes about breaking the, breaking the silence. And I think what, 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 is the, what is the best thing and do you want our listeners to know about for regarding, regarding this inquiry? And what, what do you want the media to know? Um, Look, I think put the pressure on, Um, listen to the stories and amplify the stories because in amidst this silence, Indigenous women and their families have not been silent, Um, have been turning up, uh, you know, insisting on coronal inquiries, fighting for coronal inquiries to get answers, have been screaming outside uh, coroner's courts, appealing for people to care, appealing for answers for their loved ones. 
Um, so we have a responsibility to listen to Indigenous women um, who, are, who are doing the work right now, who are testifying to the violence of this place. We need to put pressure on the Senate of Inquiry to do better um, and to invest more in, in hearing the stories of Indigenous women across the country. Um, and I mean, we just need people to care, to care about Indigenous women, that we belong to the category of human and that we are worth fighting for, we're worth caring for. Um, we know that we are. But right now, this 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 nation is showing itself mm. in the most uh, disappointing of ways. Yeah, definitely. And so, sorry, um, uh, just healthy. Just one more question before we uh, unfortunately don't have much time left. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, obviously, I, um, I actually couldn't really get a hold of Amy McQuire. Um So that's so. Um, but obviously, I'm also really honored just to be here talking uh, with you about uh, about this very important topic. So there was this uh, uh, her work on the the presents uh, presenting that she mentioned yeah. about. So uh, is it okay if you could actually just um, yeah, elaborate a bit more on that? I can do my best. I'm on her supervisory team. Um, uh, Amy's work, um, you know, um, is just really, really powerful. And um, she's extended the, this method of presencing. Um, and it's about telling the full story of Indigenous women's lives, not just reducing them to the wounds that they suffered. And it's not an attempt to humanise, to appeal to whiteness. Um, but to honour their lives, even in death. And, um, and, and what's, what's amazing about Amy's work, she's critiqued their own previous recording, um, revisited her own stories and, and telling them in a different kind of way. And it's led her, um, not just to report on these stories and, and, and connect with families, but to sit in coronal inquests and bear witness and, and amplify their stories. Um, so it's definitely worth checking out Amy McGuire's uh, substack, um, where she's told a number of these stories. And through this present thing, she's also, um, you know, theorised about what justice looks like in the absence of a perpetrator being held accountable. And the most powerful example of that is um, in the storytelling of Aunty Queenie Hart, who was murdered uh, by a white man in Rockhampton. Um, and was never allowed to be brought home um, because during that time um, uh, she she was refused. Um, and in the course of telling Annie Queenie's story, um, she uh, was met, I was able to crowdfund within twenty four hours the money to to bring her home to Sherbrooke um, so the family could could lay her to rest. Um, and, you know, there was no one held accountable for her death, but she was returned home. And it's, you know, this is the power of presencing um, in life and in death and honouring Indigenous women in life and in death. Mm-hmm. Thank, thank you so much, Chelsea. It was, re- it was just been really great speaking to you about this and it, you're, it's just talking about such an important topic is is just really broaden our broaden our knowledge and what we need to know about this inquiry and that this definitely needs to be brought so much more on the media. Thank you so much for having me and, and drawing attention to this issue. Thank you, Chelsea.
That was Manjali and South Sea Islander women, Chelsea Watergo, Professor of Indigenous Health and Executive Director of Karma Institute at Queensland University of Technology, about the silence on the Senate inquiry into missing and murdered Indigenous women put out last year. That was 3CR broadcaster Grace Tan speaking there with Dr Chelsea Watergo. Women on the Line On community radio around so-called Australia, you're listening to Women on the Line. Next on the program, we'll hear excerpts from speeches by Amal Leotalu and Sally Goldner from NAM Melbourne's Trans Day of Visibility Rally on Friday 31st of March. The rally was well attended despite rainy weather, with many turning out to fight for trans rights in response to the disgusting scenes of March 18th, when neo-Nazis came out to support the speaking tour of UK trans-exclusionary radical feminist Kelly J. Keane Minchell and Sig Heil at trans rights protesters with the protection of Victoria Police. This is Fafafine and trans advocate Amal Leotalu speaking at the Trans Day of Visibility Rally on Friday 31st. I'm going to start off with three words and just after, after I say one, two, three, if you can repeat after me. These words are protect, protect, protect. One, two, three. Protect, protect, protect. I want you to protect our sister girls and our brother boys. I want you to protect our fafafine. I want you to protect all our trans siblings, our non-binaries and our gender diverse siblings. I want you to protect them all, honey. You know, we look at today and we look at ways that um, celebrate and feel empowered at this very moment, as a trans woman of colour, as a Pasifika trans woman of colour, I feel a, a, ma- a mixed bag of emotions uh, running through my head. After what, we, what we've just been through um, and coming into this week, it's been a mixed bag. You know, one feels happy, one feels angry, one feels disappointed, um, and one just, you know, just feels a bit rattled. Um, we look at the way that trans women of colour are not sitting at the table. You only have to you only have to take a look around. Where are they, and why aren't they? Why aren't they sitting at our tables? Why aren't they being included in the conversations? And that's also to my uh, sister girls and brother boys. You know, community. If we're talking about community, you need to include them in the community. You need to make them feel safe. You need to make them feel wanted, that they are part of this so-called community. It bothers me that our trans women of colour still sit in the back. We We only have to look across the globe and just... You know the number, the, the numbers and statistics of trans women of colour, of gender diverse um, identities. You know the the numbers in terms of the murders, and I'm going to say that without a trigger warning, because I want you to feel how how disempowering that is for us, how disempowering that is for a fafafine in Western society to look at my sisters and siblings and non-binary across the globe and still they are being treated and they're being murdered in high numbers. Yes, yeah, shame. 
shame. You know, we only have to look at here in Australia, where is the data of our, you know, our, of our trans siblings? You know, those that are incarcerated, those that, you know, there is, there's been nothing said about them, but they happen. The murders do happen. I look at my good friend, Maya Prestario, who people kicked over a big fuss a few years ago, and still to this day, nothing's been done to elevate that pain that her family yes yeah, shame shame or we look at the the, the um the our, our thai or our asian contingent um what's her name bruno pisano excuse me if i've um, misabled or got the name wrong where where was the justice for that yet we let these wives white cisgendered men get away with a lot of these things that happen to our women. That's not good enough. That's not good enough for us as community. That's not us for us that we so could go, oh, you need to be sitting at our table. Well, where the fuck are they? Why the fuck are they sitting at our tables? of emotions coming in today. I'm angry, because you know why? We're not, we're, we're not done. We haven't been accounted for. And like I said, the data, where is it? Where's the data in regards to my trans siblings being murdered in prisons here or being misgendered or so forth? Where is it? Nothing. So I think we need to do a better job. I think we need to step it up Step your pussies up, step, up, step your cocks up, you know what I'm saying, honey. Step them up, them up. You know, and allies, it's really great, but don't just be a word. We want you to stand for us. We want you, like I said at the beginning, to protect us. Protect, protect, protect. I don't want you to... Let that go from your mind. Because like I said, my siblings are murdered at a constant rate. And some of them are not even accounted for. Yeah, shame. Yeah. Shame. 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 You know, the fact that we have to fight or we have to try and get acknowledgement for a day. You know, we should be acknowledged 365 days a year, honey. Yeah. You best better believe it. And those neo-Nazis that want to come for us, please, we have always existed. We are going to continue to exist in power, whether you like it or not. make sure that we have everybody and I'm saying everybody at that table because I said as I said where's the statistics there's nothing for trans women of color there's nothing for our indigenous sister sister girls and brother boys I don't speak for on behalf of them I'm just wondering what are we doing to help protect our siblings
So like I started at the beginning of, of, of my conversation, I'm going to end with those three words. And I want you to step your pussies and your cocks up. And I want you to elevate these words and amplify it. Protect, protect, protect. One, two, three. Again. Thank you, everybody. Stay safe. You just heard Fafafine and trans advocate Amal Leotalu speaking at NAM Melbourne's Trans Day of Visibility Rally on March 31st. Next, we'll hear excerpts from the speech by 3CR broadcaster and trans activist Sally Goldner. I speak today from many perspectives, including the one I was particularly asked, being a trans person of Jewish background. Shabbat shalom. And l'chaim to life. And for next week, happy Passover. Seriously, those three of my four grandparents thankfully had the foresight to leave continental Europe in the late 1920s, early 1930s and head to safer places, all ending up here on this big island. I honour all migrants and refugees here today, including queer, trans and people of colour. All parts of my identity and the total person I am, including but not limited to trans, bi plus and neurodivergent and wrestling fan. (laughs) It is Wrestlemania on Sunday and Monday after all. (laughs) Hell yeah. Help frame my speech today, more in a second. My grandparents made the sacrifices to leave the lands of their birth for a reason. They wanted future generations of our family to live safely, happily and achieve all of our potential. Maybe I felt the events of two weeks ago in my DNA handed down from two generations back, even if I wasn't physically at the events not far from here. Read the scenes I saw, I felt like others, shock, disbelief and anger. All the emotions we have all felt over the last two weeks are valid. I have chosen since to channel those emotions into action and also take a call to action. Trans people need more people in the broader community of cisgender people, not just to be allies to trans, but to make sure they talk to other cisgender people and strengthen allyship overall, while still always being guided by trans people. Trans people are resilient and awesome. I sometimes call this day Trans Awesomeness Day. All the same, we cannot carry the load ourselves and nor should we be asked to do so. I thank the Allies who have acted to support me and other trans people. I thank the Victorian state politicians who have spoken up after recent events. However, we do need more Australians to write to Prime Minister Anthony Albanese and urge him to take swift, concrete actions. I send a message to Prime Minister Albanese. Statements, flags and marching in Mardi Gras. And by the way, please wear something a little more sparkly next time. Thank you. 
Those are good symbolic starting points, but will not embed the ongoing substantive change needed for trans and people and families to achieve full equality. The first step I call for is a national trans and gender diverse advisory group that has direct access to federal cabinet. That was 3CR broadcaster and trans activist Sally Goldner speaking at NAM Melbourne's Trans Day of Visibility Rally on March 31st. Before Sally, we also heard a speech at the rally from Amal Leotalu. To open today's program, we heard an interview by 3CR broadcaster Grace Tan with Dr Chelsea Wadigo about the silence surrounding the ongoing Senate inquiry into missing and murdered Indigenous women. To listen back or find more information about today's program, you can visit 3cr.org.au forward slash women on the line. And that's all for Women on the Line today. Women on the Line is a community radio national feminist current affairs program featuring the voices of women and gender diverse people. This program was produced in Nam, Melbourne, with the amazing support of 3CR staff, so a big thank you to them. Women on the Line is broadcast across so-called Australia on the Community Radio Network, and we greatly appreciate financial support from the Community Broadcasting Foundation. We welcome your comments or thoughts on today's show, so send us an email to womenonthelion at gmail.com or phone 3CR on 03 If you'd like more information about today's program or to listen to the show again, you can find what you need on the Women on the Line website, 3cr.org.au forward slash women on the line. The theme music for Women on the Line is by Ripley Kavara. I'm Emma Hart. I hope you can tune in again next time. (laughs) 